Welcome to the second season and second episode of Snapshot, and I'm here with Dominic. Dom, give us an introduction of who you are, what you specialize in, and where do you live now? Well, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Dominic Sky. I'm Dominic. Um, you might know me from Instagram. I am a photographer now based in Dubai, and I specialize in arts and fashion, portrait art and fashion. So. Whatever you think of portraits, just imagine I add some spice to it, and then I just try to add a lot of details and and do very emotional pictures as well. So a little bit of everything in the portrait and fashion fashion direction, but uh, yeah, just very artsy. Love it, love it, love it. And when did you start photography, and what did you like about it in the beginning? I started photography when I was 16 years old. Um, just for instance, I am 23 now, and when I was 16, I had that one friend in school, and somehow we were always competing a bit. I I was drawing before, and then she drew as well. Um, good, like she did good drawings. Um, Whenever we had school subjects, etc., she was also the one where she was always better. She was always better, and I knew. I don't know. Some somehow we competed in that sense, but then I saw her doing photography, and she had so much fun with it that I somehow saw the joy that she has, and I wanted to try it myself. So I started photography when I was 16. We went to a photography course, a photography course in my school, because um, we were able to exchange a a um, essay for it. I'm I'm very bad at writing. I'm I'm shit at writing. Terrible. But I knew if I would hand over a final photography project, because I'm very artistic, then this would save me in my grades. So I did this, and then. Uh, had the maximum amount of points, which was nice. I was better. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. And no, but it was it was really cool. And um, honestly, now I'm I'm super happy for for her or to have her or have had her in my life. Um, just because she was the one who introduced me into photography, and I saw the joy she has, and I I wanted the same. Amazing. I think that something that I encounter is very often and too often, photographers are scared of other photographers. If that makes sense, like it, it looks like every photographer competes with each other, which is nonsense. It's bullshit. Like I think, as many as there is of us, there's so many styles, and I think that every photographer can be an inspiration for the other. A hundred percent. Like now, looking back. It was just my 16-year-old dumbass. I, I hope I can say that here, but it was my 16-year-old self who maybe just had too much energy or something. I don't know. But now looking back, her style was so different, un untouched in a way. And I'm I'm the photographer who who likes to edit his photos. I like to think of my work as. A blank canvas, and then capture one becomes the software where 
it's my paint and my brush and I, I kind of brush over it or paint my picture with it as well. So our styles were very different and I find inspiration in so many other photographers as well. Like it's now thinking back, competition in the photography field is just so um, not dumb, but um, there's so much more that you can learn from it and have from connecting with other photographers instead of competing with them. Yeah. I mean, unless, I mean, unless you're working in the same area with the same specialization and you're seeking for the same clients, then yeah, it makes sense to kind of, you know, maybe not talk to each other as much. But if you're two different entities that, you know, the, you're a photographer, but you do A and someone else does B, you should never be scared of, you know, talking to each other. Oh, totally. Like a hundred percent. When, um, I think the positive thing about competition in the same area is that there's like a example of Coke and Pepsi when you have a vending machine of just Coca-Cola on a street. The question is, do I want a Coke or do I not want a Coke like a Coca-Cola? When Pepsi started putting their vending machines next to Coca-Cola, the question has not become, do I want a Coke or do I not want a Coke? But it has become, do I want Coke or Pepsi? So I think that's just a great example. The more photographers are in your area, the more photography is also wanted. So I think it's a beautiful thing. Like, yeah. I love what you just said. I really love what you just said. I think that analogy, Coke and Pepsi, works brilliant. Like, mamma mia. The yeah. more photographers there are, the more photographer they will ask for. Yeah, like you wow. look at New York. New York has so many photographers. But I would still go there every every year and add my photography to it. Um, or shoot there as well. Because it's inspiring to be among fellows in the industry, seeing what they create, taking some of the energy from that place as well. And I don't know, I feel like... When there's no photographer around, sometimes it's also difficult to be inspired as well. And I, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, a lot. In, a, in a way, yeah. It makes a lot of sense because I think that you need to be artistically challenged by competition. And competition is, it can't be not just a photographer, but you know, even a videographer or whatever. Like, it might make you think, okay, well... I'm good in photography, but maybe I need to get better in videography. Maybe I need to put more reels out there. Like, you know, it's, it's healthy competition. I will call it like that. A hundred percent. Yeah. It just creates a, a, a environment that urges you to be better, not better than anyone, but better than your own capacities. Mamma mia. Listen to this. It's like a book. Like, it's like you're reading a book. It's incredible. Wild. Yeah. Mamma mia. Uh -huh. And you mentioned you work with Capture One and you brush your images. Can you talk us about your style? Imagine that people that are listening have never seen a picture of yours and they would have to imagine it. How would you describe your style? So my style, um, I think we have to separate my style into two sections, portrait and fashion, because my portraits they are very emotional. They are very real and raw, very high in detail. Um, 
think of a woman or a man with dramatic light, um, very high highlights and dark shadows and grain to the picture um, and, and eyes that either don't look at the camera because that's what I tell my models. Don't look at the camera because I want the viewer to rather observe the situation or really look into the camera and make sure the viewer understands that you're looking at them. And then there is fashion, which is more, um, fashion is more, in a way, I like the old effect, the vintage effect. So absolutely not detailed. It's very different. It's um, sometimes I like the softness of fashion. I still like the the highs and, and the lows and the shadows and the highlights, but you will see the skin looks very soft, um, even when not retouched. It just looks very soft, analog, although I shoot on a digital camera, uh, mirrorless. It, I, I like gradient backdrops, like gradient backgrounds, playing with light and somehow having wide angles, weird poses and moves. And oftentimes, so with the portraits, I oftentimes shoot men. But with fashion, I love shooting women in... Well, how come? Because it's like two different things and they're both so different. And you choose men for portraits and fashion for, for women. How come? Is there, is there a thought process? Is it just natural? I think... I think this is just natural in a way. Um, not saying men can't do fashion, but there is something that I like when in my fashion photography, I like to dress women in male clothes. Wow. And have them be somewhat like boss energy, like they're they're taking on the power or whatever. And now looking back, when I was drawing and doing art before, when I was doing paper, paper art in a way, like uh, sketching and stuff, I was always very realistic, um, true to nature, um, also portraits, that's what I always did. But when I was painting on canvas, it was always abstract. It had nothing to do with realism. It was always very abstract. And somehow that same pattern is there again in photography. Fashion is women dressing as men in a way, being powerful and bossy. Um, and then portraits are very emotional men um, crying sometimes. Wow. And may I ask you, how do you get, like, how do you communicate with your, with your models to bring what you want from them? This is actually a question that Juliana, one of my friends, asks you. Because every time I go to do a podcast, I always ask a friend to ask a question to the photographer. Because I think it's cool, because sometimes, sometimes it's... It's hard to find questions and hard to understand what kind of questions to ask. So I just reach out to people that I know and that I love and say, hey, 
what kind of question should I ask? And she asks, how do you bring what you want from the model? So you just said it about this crying thing. I think it doesn't come as natural, but you direct them. And how do you do it? When models cry in my photo shoots, it's not because I'm an asshole and make them cry on set. <laughs> it's... Um, you have to understand a lot of times people already know my work and they they know what they're signing up for or they know what what type of stuff I do so it's not new to them that I also do emotional photos with men or or stuff like this um, but I think the most important thing is the connection between the model and the photographer so before a shoot I usually make sure to get the model, like to get to know the model before, like no matter how much time we have, and even if it's a short amount of time, I at least want like 15 minutes to just sit down with them, talk with them, grab a coffee, talk before, chill, vibe. Um, a lot of times when the makeup artist is doing the makeup, I just like to be a part of it and, and stand next to them and be a part of the the conversation as well because I feel like in this industry of course you have to be careful who you meet stuff like this but in this industry I like to consider the people that I don't know yet just friends that I haven't met yet but we are friends in a way because we are all in the same industry we are all creatives we we all like we all like being creative. We we love photography. I mean, a model is, is a model in most cases because they love taking pictures or being part of a project. And a photographer is a photographer because they like, they like to create. So I feel like it creates an, an environment where you're just able to let loose and be happy and create a project together. So when I ask a model to cry I don't do it right in the beginning like it's it's very difficult they're not actors oftentimes models are not actors so I feel like maybe an hour or two into the shoot this is where we will work on this idea I give them a few minutes um, to also get into the vibe I feel like music plays a huge role like the right music and then Every model will have their own way of making it happen. And if they can't cry, they can't. Like, you just don't force it. And also, that would make it unnatural as well. Like, you don't want to force someone to cry and people can see it's fake. Like, this is not the reason why I like taking emotional photos. I, I want the realness of it. And if it's the moment right before crying, that's also something beautiful where the moment of regret or the moment of of passion or anger there's there's so many different cries that in some of them you don't even see the tears but you just feel them yeah mamma mia did you just hear that mm -hmm. you don't see the tears but you can feel them this is some yeah. poetry out there like yeah. wow maybe i'll be a poet in another life <laughs> like i think you know because i think once you're a photographer it can become many other things. Like, you know, you're a photographer, you're a visual, you're creative, but then you can expand it to being a creative director. 
you can be a photographer and poet. There's so many avenues you can go from being a photographer because it makes you think and it makes you feel. Like I think it's that's this is why photographers are so different to other people in my opinion because there's like a photographer and people in my opinion. No, that's just me because maybe I see life a bit like more in a romantic way in an emotional way. Yeah, I think I think maybe how I can relate to this. A photographer um, is just very good at observing the things other people don't see. So they will see areas in day-to-day life that the regular person won't pay attention to because they pay attention to other things. And I remember there was one one time, and this photo always is like stuck in my head, I was on Fifth Avenue. I wasn't a full-time photographer yet, but I was walking down Fifth Avenue. And if you know, like there's probably 50,000 people who cross it every minute. So it's full, it's packed. Um, and among all these people, I saw a lady, a lady sitting on the street, surrounded by like 20 pigeons. And she was feeding them and no one was paying attention to her. She was also blind. And I f- found it so interesting that all the people walk past her and ignore her. And the animals are actually the things that are paying attention to her and giving love to her in a way. And this photo that I took, it would always be stuck in my head because the people absolutely did not give a fuck about her, but it was an animal that was showing love to her or paying attention to her. Yeah. That's strong. That's strong. I really agree with you what you were saying that, you know, we photographers see things that ordinary people don't see. I think that's just beautiful. And that's a beautiful way to put our craft. Yeah. 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 And talking about connecting to your um, picture now that you said that you took this picture of this lady in on Fifth Avenue. What is your favorite picture or photo shoot that you've done so far? Because I'm sure there's better ones to come in your life, but what is your favorite picture or photo shoot so far? So I feel like my favorite picture, and I think every photographer can relate to this, is probably the latest shoot I had. So like the latest picture, I I yesterday had a shoot with a model and I fucking loved the pictures we took. So now I will probably say pictures from these photos are my favorite pictures. But then if you ask me about my favorite shoot, there's always going to be that one photo shoot that I always remember. It was, I think, my first more established male model that I shot in New York. It was in October of 2022, so last year. And he found me because of a viral reel. It was a test shoot, so I still test every once in a while. And he was so fucking cool. I usually never get nervous before a photo shoot or before having a photo shoot, but this time I got nervous because I really wanted this to go well. 
he made sure, and this is what I usually do, I meet up with my models before to get to know them a little bit better or like just 15, 20 minutes. He made sure he did the same with me because he wanted to get to know me before. So we drank coffee and kind of got an idea of if the shoot is even going to be good or no, because sometimes you, you notice the vibe is just, the vibe isn't there. So we went to shoot. Um, Midtown Manhattan in a studio I think 20th floor or something and we went through the ideas that we had and the idea or the story around it was um, a man being angry or sad or being sad that he was angry in a fight um he had a fight with someone, punched someone. That was like the idea. So he had like bloody makeup on his face. And I shot this with uh, the model's name is Michael Joya. Michael, if you want to look him up or if you're listening to this, uh, this is my favorite shoot so far. But um, I was really nervous that shoot. And the makeup artist and he had a way of making sure that I also enjoy the shoot and that I also like the images we create and that I'm not just a photographer, but also a person or a human being who's a creative, who's happened to create with other people as well or with the people on set. So after the shoot, we, or I asked him for advice, like what I could do better. And he said, honestly, you did amazing because um, by that time I've I've done professional photography only less than two years so to me it's still important to get tips from someone who has had the jobs working with photographers that I would like the jobs to have like major campaigns for Versace or whatever um, so he knows how these things go um, how these shoots happen and to have advice from him was really cool and then he just made sure that we grabbed a pizza together afterward and yeah so that was really cool because I was very nervous to begin with and I just got to got to experience a very cool shoot with now very cool people that I think and every once in a while I'm still texting him um, now I'm going to New York and we're planning to meet up um, sometimes I think I'm annoying with tagging him in a lot of photos because uh, I do post a lot of reels for my outreach and sometimes I feel uncomfortable tagging every model in every, every shoot because then it happens that I'm tagging them like three times a week for five or six weeks and I'm just like fuck like what if I'm annoying but yeah that's the part of it like, that's the business side of it yeah I mean yeah let's connect to that now because I think what this is especially for people who are starting photography and they want to develop it further, that something I'd encounter is that people don't see themselves as a business whatsoever. Not people, but photographers. And this is why majority of us struggle. What are your pieces of advices? Imagine you're standing in front of an audience that are students and out of 100, Photography students, five of them have, okay, let's say 10 of them have a great potential, but only three of them will make them, will make it as a photographer. 
What is your business advice to people who are rising stars? So I like that example of the hundred photographers and only 10 of them have potential um, and three make it just because the 10 of them that have the potential to be up and coming stars of photography, there is the chance they will make less money than the 90 of other photographers or 90% of other photographers because it's so difficult to stand up for yourself, um, making sure that you get paid for the work that you love and the other 90 might not have that crazy style of photography or uniqueness or something in a way which you don't need to have to make money because they're fucking great at selling themselves. So they will probably make more money than the 10 photographers who are in the upper 10% or something. I think that's one thing you have to learn. If you're in photography, you have to ask yourself, how do you expect someone to pay you huge amounts of money if you either don't believe in yourself or if you can't sell yourself? Like, how do you expect someone to say, okay, deal, 50,000 pound shoot, whatever, I don't, I don't care, 500 pound shoot, um, okay, deal, when you literally don't believe in yourself enough to think that you're worth that money. Because, or you might be able to say, yes, you're worth that money, but what do you show to the client or to the person that you're talking to that you're actually good at this? You know, like you, you somehow need to prove in a way that you're capable of doing the job and it's either having a strong portfolio, it's having right business language, it's, it's a lot of it that plays into it. But I think that is like the most important thing. Learn to like your work so much that you're able to sell it. Mamma mia, like your work so much that you're able to sell it. Is that correct? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because people, no, I say, when I say people, I mean photographers. Photographers are, especially the ones that are a bit more artistic and a bit more into the artsy side of fashion and portraits or whatever, they don't believe in themselves that much. Like this, they, they struggle, like it's, it's, it's a struggle because I met hundreds of photographers because I love them. I love people in general, but I love photographers more. And they just struggle. I think you're absolutely right. They don't see how much they're worth and what their potential is. I think it's important to have someone by your side. Because even yesterday when I interviewed Robert, he's a brilliant photographer. I mean, but what he said was very valuable. He said, I don't want to do the boring stuff. Like, it's not that it's boring. It's like, as you said, it's, if you're not good at it, you're not just forced yourself because you're going to do a bad job. Like, you know, if you're bad at managing finances, well, don't go fucking look for clients. Yeah. You get what I mean? Find someone who can help you and you can get triple the results. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Oh my. 
It's, it's beautiful because you learn stuff. Like I, I don't know how about how about you, but when I speak about photography, sometimes I get goosebumps. Like you know, like even now what you said that you know yeah. the value of things and you have to understand and it's like mm. it's so beautiful. I had it with the lady and the pigeons. That's where I got goosebumps. I'm like shit. I'm actually doing good stuff. Like wow, it's deep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay, let's jump to the next question. I love it. I love it so far. Mm -hmm. So we went through what, how you connect with your models, how you deal with the business side of it. How do you prepare? What is your process? But something I wanted to connect to is you mentioned Michael. Was, my, was it Michael? Yeah. Your favorite shoot? And you said that the idea of it was fights and blood and everything else. How do you prepare for that? How do you come up with the idea? for the execution? Mm, I think it depends on the photo shoot. Um, if you're having a commercial shoot or something, the idea is already out there. You get a mood board from the brand or a, a pitch deck or whatever, and you do what they say. If it's a creative project that you do out of passion, then you have the ability to create a story around it. So when Michael texted me and I saw his page, um, he currently has a bus cut or he had a bus cut at that time. He reminded me of Prison Break, um, like that TV show where this guy is in prison and he has to escape it and all of that stuff. So he reminded me of that, that guy from the show. Um, and then at the same time, I saw the work of another, like I saw the work of another photographer and he was having a Joker theme where a guy had a completely bloody face and he was like really enjoying it and stuff, like really getting into it and happy about it and like the bad boy. Um, I don't know if he was in a fight or he has done too much cocaine because blood was coming out of his nose and stuff, but I don't know. So I picked up on that idea that I really liked and I've kind of made my own version of it, painting it with my own experiences from life. Like I, I was reminded of Prison Break because I watched it when I was like 18 years old or 17 years old and now four years later it actually helps me because I'm creating a photo shoot needing the mood, um, creating a story around it. So I initially saw Michael's face or what he looks like. Then I'm looking, what haven't I shot yet? What's not in my portfolio yet? Like, yet? like what, why do I need a test shoot? I need a test shoot to test the things that I haven't done yet. Brilliant, brilliant. This is brilliant. Yeah. This is genius. Hmm. It really is yeah. because why would you do something that you already have because you wouldn't, you might do it a little bit better, but what's the point of it? I exactly. Love that. I love that. Yeah. I would have so never thought of it. Test shoots are great to test out things that you can't do during campaign shoots because you haven't done them before. So you basically test out different light setups. You test out how you can interact with people as well, how you can get them in a mood. It's a lot more easygoing as well. And yeah, you want a result. But along the way, you get creative and it's okay if you don't stick to the briefing because you are the briefing. And then 
usually when I have the idea in mind, I go to Pinterest and look for a lot of inspiration. Sometimes music helps me. I listen to the same song over and over again and write it down, what I think about this song. And it's like where the ideas start coming in a way. And then usually either I find the makeup artist or the model finds the makeup artist. Maybe they have someone in mind. And at that time, it was my first time actually shooting in New York. So I didn't know anyone yet from the industry. So Michael organized a makeup artist who um, is honestly incredible. Give a shout out. Yeah, so his name is John Wilger and he is working for Makeup by Mario and he is, I think he's Mario's assistant. Um, you see him in Keeping Up with the Kardashians. He even done Kim K's, like he's, I think he's assisted Mario on Kim K's Met Gala, Kim Kardashian, Marilyn Monroe thing situation. And I think that's the beauty of going somewhere else as well, because I've, if I would have sticked in my, or stayed in my small city town in Germany, that's close to Cologne, I would have never met Michael, who, who um, taught me, first of all, some things or about photography as well, or gave me tips um, to shoot less, for example. Like, if I already have the picture, I don't need to take it 20 times over again. That was a really good advice. Um, nice. But I also wouldn't have met John, who um, is a fucking amazing makeup artist. Yeah. So it's if you force yourself to do to go somewhere else out of your natural habitat, out of your comfort zone, you will experience things that you could have never done in your city. And it sounds so obvious, but yeah, if you don't get out there, no one's going to know your name. Yeah. So go out there. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm reading this book currently. It's like it's my just before dinner book, I call it, because it's there. Like, you know, mm. if I'm waiting for dinner or whatever, I have those three or four or five minutes, I would read it. It's called How to Get Rich. It's just a simple title by, love it. by, uh, by a British writer. I don't know. I actually don't know the name. And just the last thing before I read, before coming here to Dubai, was go and take the fucking risk somewhere. Go. Do it. Don't be scared. Don't be subject, subject to fears or insecurities or whatever, because they will make you stay in your own bubble. Yeah, fear is the number one thing that prevents you from being successful. And it's so true, because every time I went to London or New York, the day before I went, I never wanted to go. I always wanted to stay on my couch. I always wanted, hey, high five. I always, I never wanted to go. I always wanted to stay on my couch. I wanted to chill with my family and stay in my bubble. The moment I went from the airport to the metro to, I think it's the J line or the F line or something in, in New York, I don't know, uh, Jamaica station, yeah. The moment I'm there in the metro, driving toward Manhattan or in the train toward Manhattan, I'm like, I never want to leave. 
I, I don't belong in a small city. I'm a creative and I need to be creating. And in the beginning, it makes you uncomfortable because you're afraid of, of, I don't know what. But then you're there and you're flourishing in your artistry in a way. You're, you're in the place where you're meant to be among other artists. And I think, yeah, just get out there. Yeah, I've said it a few times. I'll say it again. Get out there. Man, I love this. I love this. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, because the only thing from stopping you, as you said, of being successful is that fear that you have. That the day before, or even the same day where you're scared and you're not sure, you overthink, oh, should I go here? But what if this? Oh, what if that? What if this person does this? It's like, fuck it. And it's honestly, it's the craziest thing because when you know that fear is the only thing that's stopping you, you also know that it's a pattern and you can detect it. So whenever you're scared of something, you probably know it's the right step to take. Because you're, you're not going to go anywhere if you don't make choices. If you choose to stick to doing the same thing over and over again, you're not going to experience your dreams because you won't reach your dreams by doing the same shit. So for the ones who, who are listening and for the ones who are interested in being successful, because we're speaking to Dominic and he's a successful photographer, mm. the moment you, f you feel fear, this is the moment where you should go and throw yourself in. Yeah. Maybe not like maybe 99% of the cases. Yeah, it has to be reasonable. If yeah, 1% right, of, or if the fear is like, because the client seems like they don't know what they want, they are a bit flaky, um, something seems off, or, or the contract doesn't seem right, or whatever, then fear is probably a good thing, because it's also a natural thing. It can warn you. But 99% of the cases, fear is the thing that stops you from being successful just because it's not the ordinary thing you do. It's not the day-to-day -day life thing you do. And we people are comfortable. And we like comfort, but yeah. something that I picked up from somewhere, I don't remember, I was listening because I listened to podcasts and videos and people talking in general because I love, I love it. Someone said, we have to seek for discomfort. You have to seek for it actively. Otherwise, you're never gonna move an inch. And I think that's a that's a good motto motto or see see uh, see a way of seeing life, because when you think about it and think about it again, to seek for discomfort, to get like to ultimately to be successful, and, and it doesn't mean money, it doesn't mean anything. It means something that you would appreciate when you die. I think that is what success is, because you know it's like if you die empty, have nothing to say, and you never reach for discomfort, well, that's, you're gonna die empty. Yeah, there's so many, uh, maybe you guys know it. <clears throat> there's videos of people doing these street interviews, and I think it's in Great Britain, and they ask old people, what is one thing they would have told themselves if they were younger, now having lived for such a long time? And it's either not working as much or quitting the job, um, because they don't want to do it anyway, or they didn't want to. And one of them is 
taking risks. Because when you take risks and something goes wrong, you learn from it. You say, oh shit, well, shit happened and next time will be better, ideally. If you don't take risks, you stay afraid of them and you also won't be able to learn. So you're staying in the same spot being unhappy about your situation oftentimes, or maybe not. Maybe you're comfortable in your situation and you don't need to force yourself to do stuff. But I personally constantly feel like I'm losing time. I need to create stuff. I need to do stuff. I want to, I have that goal of, I want to shoot the major campaigns and I want to be successful before I'm 30. And I feel like if I don't force myself to do bigger shoots, or different stuff, I get stuck. And then when I'm stuck, I'm unhappy because I'm not where I want to be or not even close to where I want to be. So, yeah. What is your dream client? <clears throat> They might be listening now and we'll be like, okay, hi, Dom. So, give me this, this Im imagine the scenario where you would love yourself in. Like a client, a scenario, you can be the desert, you can be under the water, whatever you feel like. So my dream client, again, we have to separate it, brand and personal. Love it. Because I told myself I want to be a celebrity photographer who has the artistic freedom to do whatever they want just to be a part of this project. So that would be personal, private clients. And my ideal client would be either Jennifer Lawrence. I don't know why, because I, I just fucking love her. Yeah. And Rihanna. Honestly, oh. I always said, even in school, I always told my classmates, just watch me. One day, I'm going to work with Rihanna. So we'll see if it happens. High five. Um, no, you'll no, see it's gonna happen. when it's gonna it happens. Happen. Yeah, we'll see when, when it happens. Exactly. exactly. We'll see when it happens. And then my ideal brand client would probably be something for L'Oreal because the pay is just like really good. <laughs> like hundreds of thousands of euros. I have And to consider that too. Absolutely. So that would be my ideal client. Like a huge brand like... I don't know, L'Oreal or, or Gucci or Louis Vuitton. I really like what Louis Vuitton has done the last years. Their, their campaigns have become somewhat so, like they, they've started creating those sceneries and in studio, like sceneries in studio, going more into the vintage analog style of photo shoot, not like super futuristic, but like in a way more vintage like an homage to the decades before. And this is what I really like. So probably one of these like major luxury brands, because I just consider my work to be luxurious as well. Like as well. So I, I want that for myself too, or for my work, like to, to be placed in a setting where it deserves to be. Yeah. Yeah, and you will. Yeah, yeah. I wish, I wish you that and I wish you this to happen as soon as as soon as it can be yeah. honestly yeah. honestly 
I yeah. can see from your personality and from your work and from your um, being ambitious because like you have to fucking be ambitious otherwise where are you going yeah again like again who's gonna believe in you if you don't believe in yourself or your work yeah that's true yeah i have two more questions for you actually three hmm. what do you shoot with hmm. the, the question from the previous speaker and then the, the last question will be leave a question to the next speaker so start, let's start with the easiest one what do you shoot with so, I shoot with my Nikon Z7 Mark II. Nikon, wow! Yeah, I, I have a brand partnership collaboration thing going on with them. They sent me a camera, I think, last November. I was supposed to create TikToks for them. And then part of the, part of the agreement was getting the camera to be very fair in the beginning i didn't like it just because i didn't know how to use it i was a fujifilm shooter before i i had the fujifilm xt4 and everything is like manual the shutter speeds manual the the iso and like the 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 f-stop as well as like on the lens so it very much feels like an analog back in the day camera, but it was mirrorless. Then working with Nikon, um, the, the camera is very much a system camera. Everything's in display and you have your wheels and stuff, but there's always the, um, like you see something on display and that was difficult for me to begin with because I was always making the changes manually. Now I shoot with the Nikon Z7 Mark II and it's a full frame. It has, I think it has 45 or 46 megapixels. Damn, that's like, that's, like, a, that's good for a billboard. Yeah, I mean, yet, yeah, it's, it has 45 or 46 megapixels. It's nice. Um, and I shoot a lot more mindful now as well because the files are bigger. That's also a thing. But I also believe, give me any camera and I'm going to be able to make it work. Not maybe right now, but give me a day or three hours, maybe two, not even. I don't know. Like, just depends on the camera, but you'll be able to make it work. And yeah, I so. think once you have a, a not, not because basic understanding for professional photography, photography is not enough. Once you have a good understanding of the technical side of it, ISO, aperture, the way the light works, you can pick up a calculator and mm. take pictures with a calculator. Like you get what yeah. I mean. But fun fact, I never went to photography school. I only had that course in my school like for half a year. And I think it's funny that you say you're a geek because I'm the exact opposite. I absolutely don't give a shit about settings or or what other photographers write in articles, how something has to be done. I still have no idea what a light meter is. I probably <laughs> will very soon, but... Cool, I love that, I love that. As long as the picture looks good, how I want it to look, um, I'm sweet. Yeah. Honestly, like, and I think maybe that has also 
um, caused my work to somewhat pick up a style because I didn't learn by the rules of others. I somehow found them out myself or obviously I went through YouTube and watched videos and stuff like how to, I remember I typed in how to make a background blurry. Yeah, focal length, dumb fuck, like <laughs> stuff like this um, and, and aperture and stuff. Um, Shout out to YouTube big time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, shit. But um, yeah, so just make it work. And yeah, so Nikon it is. Yeah, Nikon, I love my 24 to 70 millimeter lens. Um, it's an f4.0, I think. And okay. so uh, you shoot like over closed aperture, not like 1.2 and shit. Yeah, I um, mostly I never do. Mostly I never oh. shoot with a like an open open aperture. I yeah, for like family photos that I take of my siblings or their child or whatever, my niece and my nephew. Oh, I love them. Um, shout out to them too. Shout out to them too. <laughs> yeah, I I usually. Well, for like private pictures or like travel pictures, yes. I, I grab my Nikon and then I usually shoot my travel pics with it and I don't even edit them. I have like a shit ton of filters, like on on thing filters on, on my Nikon, uh, on my Fujifilm. And I don't touch the picture. With my Nikon, it's, um, I, I don't know. I, I learned or I've gotten to love it because of, all the detail that I'm able to pick up with it and stuff. So yeah. Nice, nice. I also I started with the Nikon, and then I switched to Sony. I actually never tested the new Nikon series, but this gave me like an inspiration to test them because I love Nikon. They're really good. Like yeah. they they are really really yeah, good. Like tanks, like good tanks. Like you yeah. get one of them, you know. And I mean, like it's it's a full frame camera. It. Um, Next question. You can choose whether you want to answer the question that the previous guest left or you can leave a question to the next guest. What would you like to start with? The, the one that someone answered, like asked me. Okay. Yeah. So Robert Larson, shout out to you too. Today, today's podcast is about shouting out everyone. So Robert Larson, a fellow German photographer, he asked a question which makes... It should make us think. What, how, and where do you see photography in the next ten years? Keeping in mind of what's going on right now. Um, funny enough, I was in Malta at a conference, and the president of the British Photography Society or whatever he asked yeah. me the same question: Where do you see photography? in a few years, given the fact that there's AI around and everything else. I think AI will never fully replace photographers. Um, just because I explained it with a very good example, I feel like. A hammer cannot put a nail into the wall without a hand to guide it. Ooh. So Ooh, AI will not be able to replace a photographer without the person typing the prompts into the AI in a way. Um, AI is getting very, very good. Um, but also at the same time, I think like every market, there's going to be an opposition. 
So there's going to be brands that choose to work with AI. And there's going to be brands that do the exact opposite, choose to work with actual photographers. And I think they're going to promote it. I think they're going to say something like, or I think it's going to be a prestige thing, like this brand shot with actual photographers and not just with AI. Um, I can imagine a lot of small businesses will use AI. And honestly, if I would be a small business, I would do the same. Because if you don't have money, where are you going to invest? Like, you will just pay 13 bucks to mid-journey and generate stuff. Um, I also think AI is very unregulated right now. And like everything, like NFTs as well, they're going to be regulated at a certain point just because AI needs input to give an output and it needs the the photographer's work to create something similar to it. So I think there's going to be a whole lot of copyright and stuff like this. Um, I think it was Jennifer Lawrence who actually sued a company because AI used their face or her face to um, to recreate images and stuff. And now the company got sued who used the AI or who created this AI. So I think there's going to be a whole lot of this as well, where AI think, or I think it's going to be more of a tool rather than a replacement. Yeah. Nice. That's that's a brilliant answer to a difficult question because imagining 10 years ahead of your craft is difficult because you never know where the world is going to go. I think you answered it well. And I loved what you said there that this, the photography bit will come a luxury thing, a prestige thing. Like, you know, we used the photographer that I loved. I loved it. Yeah. The third episode of the first season of Snapshot talks about AI photography. Hmm. And if anyone is keen to listen to it, shout out to season one, episode three. And you can learn about more. Uh, season about three, episode AI. one, right? No, season one, episode three. Oh, wow. Yeah, this Sick. Brian, I used to work with, with him. Now he's a full, full-time full time AI photographer, which is yeah. wild. And the stuff that he pulls out, out of mid-journey, like, you look at them and they look incredible. What's his Instagram? Um, Brian Norton. I'll send it to you later. Cool. But like he creates galleries of images of models and sceneries, color, black and white. And you look at them, you're like, oh, my God. If you think about it, too, this is what he said, actually, that if you would like to produce that kind of image in a setup style, I mean, with production, photography, makeup artist, creative director, it will take you weeks and hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Well, that is one button away. Exactly. So this, yeah. like, this is a great area because yeah. you can produce something incredibly stunning, but it's not the same. I can, it's just not the same. I can imagine brands in the future working with photographers and AI having a synergy because I think there's still the thing of um, brands wanting to work with models as well because it's, or with top models in a way, because it's a, again, prestige thing to be able to say, oh, Bella Hadid is in our campaign. I can imagine that either... Bella Hadid's gonna sell her face to AI or something, or she's gonna remain the rights to her face, 
beyond the campaigns, and it's gonna be a synergy of photography and AI. You know what I mean? So they yeah. maybe have a background that's the green screen or something, and then they have AI to create the background and everything else. And it's already happening. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something new. I believe that. I completely agree with you that brands, bigger brands, will try to experiment with AI because it's it has to be it's trendy. But I think eventually it will kind of die off and it will be not as considered as it as as it is now, in my opinion. Like it will have its peak and it will slowly drop down. Because if you I think if you see two images, like imagine if you put your photograph and an AI generated photograph next to each other, you can immediately see an artisan. And a computer. But it's still learning. It's uh, learning and it's always evolving. Yeah. And maybe when you, you had PlayStation One, PlayStation One was also shit in the beginning. Good for that time, but shit in the beginning. Now we have PlayStation Five or Six or I don't know. Five, yeah. And it's fucking good. So I Shout think Shout out to PlayStation. AI, yeah. I think AI is never gonna die off anymore. I think it's just like Google. We will learn to live with it. And there's going to be regulations. Like now on TikTok, you're actually able to see when something is AI generated. Like it's an AI profile. And I have it with the Britney Spears moment at the moment. Like they, they take out exams or stuff out of her book. And her voice reads it, but it's AI. So write down, it's notified that it's an AI generated creator and not an actual person. And I think that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna label AI. So we people can see the difference. Of, yeah. No, this so should be because it can get can, can get really tricky. Hmm. Because you know, you might trust you might follow or, you know, get inspired by someone, but you don't know it's an AI, it's a robot, because come on, like I mean how do you even know what's politically happening and stuff? I mean I, I follow a guy his name is Man Meets Machine on Instagram. And there's a video, uh, a photo of Donald Trump holding a, a kilo of weed, you know? And, and it it's looks AI. Really and it looks great. Like, fucking love this account. But yeah. Shout so, out to him too. Yeah. So you, I think you will just learn to, or it will be labeled with a lot of regulations. Yeah. I mean, if it's going to be monitored and used in an appropriate way, once it learns its all algorithms and rules and everything, I think it will be a great addition to the world. But as it is now, as Brian said, because he's like he's like really deep and he's into crypto photography and all this kind of stuff, he said this like this is just in a gray area for now. It's like it's just like too much yeah. too much happening too fast. Yeah exactly that. Yeah. Nice. I like the answer. I like the answer. It was yeah. we expanded a lot. Yeah. And now Actually, this is one of my favorite parts of, of, the, of the podcast is to leave a question to the upcoming guest. And keep in mind that our guests on Snapshot vary from gallery photographers to doctors in photography. So you can have a question that has no boundaries as long as it's related to photography. Okay, I have one. It's something where I would like the other person's point of view at, like, from? Since there currently is so many photographers around in the world, 
What would you say to someone? To the person who gets the question, what would you say to someone who says they now want to start with photography? Would you encourage them to do so? And if so, what what is it that you would tell them? Like what 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 is the encouragement you give them? And if not, why not? Love it. So for whoever, whoever is next, you got a difficult question because you should motivate someone to start or not to start the photography journey. So yeah, yeah, this like was, yeah. Would you yeah? Would you tell someone yeah? Just just do it. Dive in, or would you tell them maybe not photography, but maybe. 3D arts. If you're just looking to create, maybe you fell in love with photography and that's fine. But maybe I don't know. Yeah, because I think we both know people who are photographers, but they will be much better at something else. Mm. I mean, photography. I think is one of those things that that's my personal view and has nothing to do with the rest of the world. This is my opinion. Mm. Is that there are things that you learn, there are things that you can improve in. But you have to be born as a photographer. Oh, I'll be honest. My photos looked like shit in the beginning. I'll be but, very honest. But you have the eye. I had the artistic you thing. Have the yeah. Eye. Like, you know, I think it's it's not about the photographer, but about the eye. Yeah. Because you have people that they could pick up a phone and compose the image in such a beautiful visual language in a way that it looks so pleasing. Oh you shit! You're like, right. Yeah. But there are people who are. Photographers, and it's not to throw shit at anyone, but yeah. they're professional photographers, and you look at their images, they're like, no nah, man, like not nothing special. And then you give an iPhone to a grandma, and she's like, I love it because it's like tilted a little bit, and this way it gives it a perception. Yeah, like, that's my opinion. Yeah, because I remember when I was young, like young, younger, people told me, do you really want to become a photographer at this time? Because the market is so saturated, and I knew, yes, I wanted to, but in order for it to work, I couldn't have a plan B. I I could only have a plan A. You know what I mean? Like I I worked at Starbucks, Zara, Netto, UPS. You gave it, I did it. Like I I worked so many jobs, but I knew if I really want to do this, this has to work, and for myself to consider it. To actually have to work, I needed to make sure that I don't have a safety net. Like if it does not work, I fucking hit the floor. So it had to work, and I think that's the thing with me. Like, yeah, love it, Dominic. This has been brilliant. Really, it's been the most chill and one of the most insightful podcasts that I've. Recorded or listened to. Cool. Like, it was amazing. I love the vibe. I love the view. For people, people that you listen here, guys, you cannot see it, but you can see like the whole skyline of Dubai. Yeah. Incredible. Dom, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure. Amazing. Loved man. it. Super loved happy. it. Loved it. Loved it. Anything? Last sentence. Anything you would like to say to people who are listening? Yeah. And I think my manager is going to be so happy that I say this now, guys. I do have interactive prints. 
that you can scan on your phone with an app, and the print will start moving in your phone, showing some of them showing my lighting setups that I used for my most viral images. I think there was one that had 16 million views, and I will show it to you right now. It had 16 million views, and I will show the light setup of this one with the Michael Joya shoot I'm showing behind the scenes, the address of the shoot, the name of the studio, the name of the makeup artist, everything. And then there's other ones that are just interactive with fashion and for people who just like fashion stuff. So and where can people find all of this? On my website, dominicsky.com. They do start from $75.99. It's basically, uh, yeah, we wanted to make it affordable for everyone. So even if someone is a photography enthusiast, but a student, he wouldn't have to break bank spending 3,000 euro, but he could basically buy the knowledge to the lighting setup for cheap and have art at the same time in his apartment or her apartment. So it's, it's a really cool way of giving back because I wouldn't be here sitting on my couch in Dubai if it wasn't for the people that brought me to where I am. So after getting the question of what's your lighting setup, bro, for like 3,000 times, there you fucking go. Just buy the print. So yeah. Art and knowledge, everybody. Art and knowledge. Thank you for listening and...